0: hello my beautiful beanies and welcome to the bean the weekend edition first with yesterday's news i am glenn zb we're looking back at sunday looking back at saturday it's the weekend that's how it works um so the the boomer comment in parliament oh it's the most viral thing that's ever happened this week uh scams uh, just keep on scamming danny hey i feel like he was only playing five minutes ago and now he's the coach and a dinky donkey book but before any of that, uh, the one and only JLR uh, joined the Weekend Collective yesterday to talk about his chances in botany. Now, Stuart Nash says that you should win up against Christopher Luxon, can you?
1: Well, Stuart Nash is someone who actually won a seat from the National Party that was national held. So I guess he's got a bit of experience. He's a good local MP. And I'd like to think that 15 years of working for people in botany does count for something. Yes, last year, the end of last year was a bit rushed. I had a falling out with Simon Bridges. But actually, as an MP that sits in the middle of the two parties now, I'm getting more done as a local MP. Does that mean I can win this election? It does mean I can. But, however, I don't take anything for granted. I'm out there working every single day. I've uh, stepped into my office from the streets of Botany today, having been door-knocking this afternoon. stepped out so I could talk to you. Uh, But I'm out there every day talking to people locally. And I think people in Botany are actually smart. They know they can use one vote vote for the party that they want to run the country Mm. and botany typically a a seat that votes heavily national but also they can vote strategically for their best advocate on the ground locally i am local i've got 15 years experience here i get things done locally uh, and i can achieve more than an MP would if they were from labour or
0: national oh well here's the deal is that you're independent so you actually can't plug into a power base you can talk to people but what can you actually do give me an example
1: Oh, right now Stuart Nash uh, is a perfect example I'm working with him on an issue at Cockle Bay Beach um, where I need him to uh, work with me to try and protect the environment of that beach he's Minister of Fisheries I would never have been able to do that if I was still a National MP So
0: yeah he seems to be saving a beach That's that's seems to be his first way to try and win this election we'll see how that pans out I guess in the days, weeks, months to come. Now, uh, Chloe Swarbrick with her uh, boomer put-down during the week. You must have seen this. Everybody else in the world certainly did. Uh, What did Jack make of that? Look, I'm only kind of
2: joking, okay? I, I I know I shouldn't be baited, but you've caught me at a moment of weakness and I can't resist. Do I think we should discriminate on the basis of age? No, I don't. Do I think sometimes my millennial generation and Generation Z can be a bit too sensitive? Yeah, yeah, I do. Do I also think (sighs) it's a bit rich for those of us in public positions, whether we be members of Parliament or Saturday morning radio broadcasters who get annoyed when we are dismissed for our relative youth to then also use age as an insult, albeit A very gentle insult, yes, okay, maybe it's a little bit rich. But do I think the term boomer is offensive? No. Objectively, the world we have inherited is a hell of a lot more complicated than the one the boomers grew up in. There are far more important issues facing us all than a debate over whether or not being called a boomer is really worth losing sleep. So dry your eyes. Drive your... 3 litre SUV to your 5th house or use those untaxed capital gains to supplement your super and buy yourself a box of tissues. I'll stop calling you a boomer but maybe you know toughen up. Is he finished talking?
0: I I mean I just take the same approach I always take to uh, young people and ignore them. That way I don't get offended by anything they say. Uh, What we do need to pay attention to is the scam threat. It's out of control.
2: How do people get hooked into scams? Because many of us refuse to give our money away, and we wonder how this happens.
3: Oh, look, it's it's as simple as having a head cold one day. So today you may not fall for a scam, but tomorrow... Maybe um, the you lose a loved one or a pet dies or something like that. Anything that will make you vulnerable to fall for a scam.
2: Is there a certain type of person that gets preyed upon, or is it absolutely. when someone is there? There is
3: no, absolutely not. Oh, it right. could be anybody, absolutely anybody, any ages.
2: So it's when you're when you're weak, and and these guys know this, and they play a percentage game. Uh, they just ask and ask and ask. They get no, 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 and then they get one yes.
3: Absolutely. And they're really, really good at what they do. Don't, don't second guess them for a minute. They, um, they hone their, their craft and they invest their money back into their business as well to make it even more sophisticated.
2: Yes, the sophistication of the scams. Uh, of course, we have so many new channels to contact people through in this uh, communication world. Um, in what way is the sophistication increasing?
3: I think it's the, the websites that are created, the fake websites to back up the investment scams, um, the online fake trading websites. It's even down to in your letterbox when you get the Malaysian travel scam, which is a beautiful glossy brochure with scratches in it. But from what I'm hearing from the banks and stuff, it's still the biggest one is when they ring you over the phone.
0: Yep, see, so I take the same approach to that kind of scam as I do to uh, listening to young people. I just don't answer the phone. Don't talk to young people. Don't answer the phone. Practical advice you can use today on News being. ZB. Um, now, Danny Hay, uh, I thought he was a soccer player, but it turns out he's now the coach of the All Whites.
4: Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah, No, it's... Uh... Yeah, long time between drinks, I guess, for want of better words, in terms of uh, the last time the All-Whites played. So, look, uh, really blown away by the excitement um, that the players have shown for getting back together and getting the white shirt, shirt on again and a couple of good games to look forward to in terms of Ireland and Lithuania. We'll just park those for a second and get on to those. First one is Thursday, New Zealand time. They're both going to be live on Sky Sports. So you've obviously been in touch with our superstars. You're in Burnley at the moment, which means you've been talking to Woodsy. Yeah, so, look, probably good timing. He's, uh, he's just signed a contract extension, so a good day to be there. I was actually standing there as he was signing a bit of paper. But, uh, yeah, just came here, um, observed this training session, Caught up with Sean Dyche, obviously going to be important to have a good relationship with him. Um, watched watched, uh, watched what they did. Uh, had some interaction with the players, the whole staff. So that in terms of uh, just getting an idea of how they've built the culture here, there's a lot of similarities. Smallish club um, in terms of the Premier League and how you look at that. Limited resource, but have obviously operated at a very high level for a long time. And So like I said, a lot of similarities in terms of how we're going to have to operate things uh, on, the, on the international stage.
0: It's a weird job, isn't it, Coach of the All Rights? It's what, you, you're going to win some things, but not the really big things. Probably. It's weird. Anyway, something else that's weird is a book called The Dinky Donkey. Uh, well, I don't know how weird it is. Oh, there was a wonky donkey, now there's a dinky donkey. Here's the author. Why has this taken so long? Why has the Dinky Donkey, the
2: sequel, if you like, taken so long to publish?
5: Well, when I first did Wonky Donkey uh, 10 years ago now, it's crazy that I'm saying that, but um, it was sort of a one-off, really. And I did have longer adjectives, or longer, more adjectives to put in, but uh, (laughs) I ended up shortening it. Um, And so I always knew that there was a possibility to do another another, uh, book. Um, But... um, then you know, obviously Janice Clark comes along, and then I have a daughter, and the whole thing just gels together. And I thought, okay, now we're going to release the Dinky Donkey. Okay, tell mm. us a little more about Janice's influence then. Well, it's huge. Um, look, I'll, I'll give you just a very quick stat: um, in ten years or nine years, uh, Wonky Donkey sold a million copies, which is good, really good. Uh, that's amazing yeah it (laughs) is it is but then since janice clark this time last year another three million more wow yeah so so. for
2: for people who aren't familiar with the i mean they will be familiar they just won't be familiar with the name just just tell (laughs) us a little bit about how
5: how it all went down so janice clark is the scottish granny who picked up my book if you're not familiar with it just google it just put in grandma monkey donkey it'll come up straight away it's
2: had it's had actually like hundreds of millions of hits. 200 million it's now.
0: insane yes sounds a bit like the um subscriber numbers to this podcast um would you rather be wonky or dinky it's i'm, I'm just going to leave you with that little philosophical conundrum uh i mean i'm obviously wonkier than i am dinky you might be dinkier i don't know anyway i'll join you and you will join me for some dinky wonkiness tomorrow when we do New Source Bean again, I'll see you then.